Today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. I'm a marked man. <laughs> For me to doubt that God can do the miraculous would be a sin. I've already seen him do it. And that was the first time. And that was the first of many to come. I've watched God do the miraculous over and over and over and over and over, over 53 years. And I remember them. Now, I want you to open your Bibles to Psalm 78. Psalm 78, and I want to show you something here today. Psalm 78. And let's look at verse 41 and 42. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand. Take note of that. They remembered not his hand. The word tempted here uh, can be translated and some other translations use it. It's translated provoked or annoyed him continually. One translation says they provoked and annoyed him continually. And what was the result of this? It says they limited the Holy One of Israel. An unlimited God can be limited by his own people. My mic went off. I got no response. I said, an unlimited God can be limited by his own people. And Psalm 78 tells us some of the ways that they do that. Now, I don't have time to go into all of them, but if you read Psalm 78, you will discover them. But one of them that's mentioned here is they forgot his hand. They forgot his hand. And as a result, they limited the Holy One of Israel. The word limited can be uh, defined as confined or restricted him. And what did they restrict him from doing? Well, the Passion Translation reads this way. Again and again, they limited God and prevented him from blessing them. They limited God and prevented him from blessing them. How many times do you suppose we have over our lifetime particularly since we become children of God, believers. How many times do you suppose we have limited God? Think about it. Limited God. We can prevent God from blessing us by several things that we can discover here in Psalm 78. Since I brought it up, one of them was uh, not only they forgot his hand, but it was their small thinking and their negative talking. Oh, I caught a bunch of you right there. Small thinking and negative talking. Every time they had a, another uh, challenge in their lives, God would take care of it. But then the next challenge, they'd say, but can he do this? And can he do that? They would limit him through their small thinking, their negative talking. And here it says they, they provoked him. And as a result of it, they limited him. Now, one of the major reasons, once again, of them preventing him from blessing them, uh, another meaning for the word prevented is made impossible. So one of the reasons that 
they made it impossible for him to bless them was simply because they remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from their enemies. You know, it's amazing. That's still a problem in the body of Christ today. You know, God delivers us out of whatever, a a crisis, a financial situation. And uh, then the next time we have a challenge, we tend to forget what he did the last time. And we get focused on what's happening right now instead of stopping and thinking, hey, this is not my first time to go through something like this. God took care of me back then. Why wouldn't he take care of me right now? Amen. We forget sometimes. And that's what the devil hopes you will do is forget. You can use previous victories as a weapon. How many of you remember when? (laughs) You know, uh, I remember one of, one of our first miracles in our life uh, that, that marked us, Carolyn and I both, was uh, when Brother Copeland came to preach in Shreveport while we were still living there. Terry and Jerry were just very young. They were in the nursery. And uh, Jerry Ann was born in 68. Terry was born in 69. And I came to the Lord in 69 after Brother Copeland had that first visit there. And now he's come back for a second visit. They're both in the nursery. And uh, one morning while he was teaching from the fourth chapter of Mark on the parable of the sower sows the word, and he just got through reading where Satan cometh immediately to steal the word once it is sown in a person's heart. And just shortly after that, we heard a scream and uh, uh, the nursery attendant brought Terry, our youngest daughter in, and she was screaming at the top of her voice and crying and blood pouring out of her hands. We don't know what's happened. And of course it interrupted the service. Everybody's focused on what happened. And so the lady, I stood up and the lady brought Terry to me and I'm I'm young in faith. Okay. I'm not very old in the Lord at this point. And so I, I had Terry in my arm. Her fingers are bleeding. She's crying. She's just a little toddler. And I don't know what's happened, but I turned to look at brother Copeland to see how he was going to respond because it happened in his service. You know, and it's one thing to preach this, but sometimes you get an opportunity to act on what you preach. Amen. And so uh, I turned to see how he was going to respond. I thought if he jumps up and runs off, then he will disappoint me big time because he'd been teaching me on faith all week. And now we're going to see if he believes what he preaches. Okay. So I turned to see what he was going to do. And, uh, back then they wore these mics, uh, lavalier mics with a cord on them. And you could just go so far as long as that, the length of that cord. So he came as far as he could on the platform and then he took it off and came off the platform and walked up to Terry and laid his hands on her. And he didn't shout, he didn't scream. At about this tone of voice, he said, I command the pain to cease and the bleeding to stop. And Terry quit crying immediately. And then she laid her head on my shoulder and closed her eyes. And so I went into the men's restroom to uh, uh, see what had happened. I still don't know what had happened. And when I got into the men's restroom and I washed all the blood off of her hand, I saw that these two fingers right here had been cut off right behind the nail. 
both fingers cut off. I could see the bone. And uh, uh, this is a, a little baby. And when I saw that, I, I felt fear trying to grip me. And I had just read that morning before going to the service, Jude 20, praying in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy faith. So I did that. I started praying in the spirit. And I noticed as I prayed in the spirit, fear was leaving and faith was coming. And at the moment faith came, I took my Bible and I still have that Bible in my archives. He, Brother Copeland had sent it to me. It was one of his personal study Bibles and he sent it to me and wrote a note in the front of it. And I wrote in that Bible that in the name of Jesus, according to Mark 11, 23 and 24, I can have what I say. And I'm saying in the name of Jesus, God will restore my baby's fingers. Amen. 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 And about that time, there was a knock on the door and I asked who it was and it was the nursery attendant. And she said, can I come in? I said, yes, ma'am. And she came in, she said, I went back to the nursery and I found on the floor these little fingertips. And she put those two little fingertips, a little baby, little tiny fingertips with the nails on them in the palm of my hand. And I felt that fear trying to come back. And I prayed in the spirit again and fear left and faith came. And I said it again, my God will restore my baby's fingers. So I, I took those little fingertips, wrapped them in a, in a tissue and put them in my shirt pocket and went right back out to the service. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If there's anything I need right now is more faith, praise God. That's right. uh, Brother Copeland had, had said in one of those services, when you're in trouble, don't run from God, run to God. Right. Amen. So I'm running to God. I'm running to his word and walked back in there. Terry's on my shoulder. She's asleep. And uh, after the service, Brother Copeland walked up to me and said, what happened? And I told him her fingers were cut off. The nursery attendant had rocked over her fingers and Terry was crawling around in there and she rocked over them and cut them off. And I, I said, here's the fingertips. And he said, I want to advise you to uh, take her to the doctor and get them properly dressed. You can't leave them exposed like that. So we went to the doctor and, and uh, they had called in what they said to us was one of the top plastic surgeons in the state of Louisiana. And uh, his name was Dr. Simon Wall. This is all documented. And Dr. Wall looked at, uh, showed him the fingertips and I'm, I'm assuming he's gonna reattach them. And he looked at them and he said, the tissue's dead, the nerve's dead. And he took Terry's fingertips and threw them in a waste bin. Now, I'm not totally sanctified yet. <laughs> he came this close and getting slapped. And I, I couldn't believe he threw my baby's fingertips in the, in the waste bin. And I said, what are you gonna do? He said, all I can do is do a skin graft. I'll take a piece of skin from her hip, I'll cover them up, and they'll always be nubs. They'll never have nails. They'll never be normal again. I said, no, sir, I don't accept that. My God will restore my baby's fingers. Finally, he went over to Carolyn and said, your husband's in shock and uh, he doesn't understand. This is medically impossible. She said, no, sir, we believe God will restore our baby's fingers. Okay. 
And so he took her in, did the skin graft, covered her hands up. And Brother Copeland had one more service that night. I said, Carolyn, you stay here at the hospital. I'm going to go hear that last service. And as soon as it's over, I'll come back and I'll endeavor to preach it to you just like I heard it word for word because we want to be on the same level. You know, we don't want one believing and one wondering. No, we don't want one talking faith, one talking unbelief. So we need to be on the same level, praise God. And so uh, that's what happened. And the doctor said, bring her back in eight weeks or whatever it was, six or eight weeks. Anyway, there was a series of things that happened, but to, to not take any more time on this story than necessary. The night before we were to take her back, we got this little card in the mail that Kenneth Hagin was going to be in Tyler, Texas. I mentioned that on one of the previous services. And we had never heard Kenneth Hagin, but we thought if Kenneth Copeland listens to this man, we need to listen to this man. So we drove to Tyler, Texas and heard Brother Hagin. And guess what he preached on? Mark 11, 23. You know, the verse he wrote. And, um, <laughs> and he preached on Mark 11, 23. I'm telling you, by the time he got through with us that night, we didn't even need a car to get home. We, our faith was higher than a Georgia pine tree. And I just knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew the next morning when we went to that doctor, we were going to have a miracle. Amen. We went into the doctor's office he cut the bandages off and raised both hands and screamed, my God. We said, what is it? He said, look, the nails are back. The fingers are back. They're normal. Now, when we had gone to his office the first time, he had Buddha statues in there. I said, no, sir, not your God. My God. Hallelujah. My God. And then later, a lady that went to the church uh, that, where Carolyn grew up and, and I'm now attending, she was a beautician and come to find out this doctor's wife went to her shop. And one day she was in there shortly after this happened. She said, I just got to tell you a story that my husband told me. And she began to tell her about Terry's miracle. And the lady said, Oh, I know that I was there. I saw it all happen. And this lady got born again over it. Later we found out the doctor got born again over it. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't know how many times I have told that story over the last 53 years, and I don't know how many times I have personally used that story as a weapon. How can I ever forget that? It marked me. I'm a marked man. <laughs> For me to doubt that God can do the miraculous would be a sin. I've already seen him do it. And that was the first time. And that was the first of many to come. I've watched God do the miraculous over and over and over and over and over, over 53 years. And I remember them. Notice it says, they remembered Naughty's hand. And as a result of it, they limited the Holy One of Israel. How many of you have ever had a miracle? Do you remind yourself of it every once in a while? particularly when the devil's telling you impossible, no way, that'll never happen. Just recall the last time he said that. He's hoping you'll forget it. Amen. Amen. I, I remember one time we were, we were um, believing God for some major money for a project we were doing. And, and you know, the devil's stupid. 
I learned that from Norval Hayes. <laughs> I went to bed one night and it seemed like the moment I closed my eyes, the devil would just straddle my head and saying, impossible, impossible. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. If there was that money, much money in the world, you wouldn't see it. So I'd learned from Brother Copeland back there in those early days, don't think it, get up and say it. <laughs> Amen. It's not your thoughts that run the devil off. It's what you say that'll run him off. Amen. And so I got up and I started walking the floor and speaking the word and confessing the word. And, uh, you know, the Bible says, resist him and he will flee. Well, he fled, but he came back. <laughs> I hadn't been laying there for an hour. And all of a sudden I'm hearing it again, hearing it again, hearing it again. And so the next day I got in my car and I drove out to the airport and uh, went in Brother Copeland's hangar and saw this airplane that I knew God had blessed him with that in the natural was impossible. So I just stood in front of that airplane. I said, Satan, you told Brother Copeland this was impossible. Don't run off yet. I'm not done. Look, you said that was impossible. Look what God did. That's a miracle. Men said it would never happen. Look, you said it would never happen. Look, what am I doing? I'm using those previous victories as a weapon. Anybody in here ever had a previous victory? then you got a weapon, hallelujah. You've got weapons that are not carnal, hallelujah, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So notice once again, they forgot his hand. Now, the message translation says how quickly they forgot. How quickly they forgot. I've, I've seen that happen in, in Christians all over the world. Have a miracle you know, and three days later got another crisis and already forgot about the miracle that happened three days before. Did I touch a nerve? It happens. How quickly they forgot. The Amplified Bible says, they remembered not the miracles of the working of his hand. They remembered not the miracles of the working of his hand. Now, this, this Psalm 78 is like a synopsis of the story of God delivering the children of Israel out of Egypt. It's like a brief history here. Okay. Now here's what he's talking about. They forgot or they remembered not his hand. Exodus chapter three and verse 20 says, God speaking, I will stretch out my hand and smite the Egyptians with all my wonders, which I will do. And after that, Pharaoh, he will let you go. So this is what Psalm 78 is talking about. They had forgotten this. Exodus chapter six, verse one says, with a strong hand shall he let them go. Exodus 13, three says, and Moses said unto the people, remember this day, remember this day. What did it say in Psalm 78? They forgot. They remembered not. Now notice Moses said unto the people, remember this day in which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out. 
He specifically used that phrase. Remember this day, it was by the hand of God that you've been delivered. And what did he say in Psalm 78? They forgot his hand. They remembered not his hand. Now, later, after they were delivered, this became a song of Moses. Exodus chapter 15, verse 6. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. Notice, one chapter later, after, after Moses is singing this song, one chapter later it says, Would to God, this is the children of Israel, would to God we had died in the land of Egypt. One chapter later, and they've already forgot. How many chapters has it taken you? (laughs) One chapter later, and they've already forgot. They're already wanting to go back to Egypt and die. And this is the same group crying unto God to get them out of Egypt. Sound like charismatic Christians to me. Anyway, no wonder the Bible says they provoked him. Forgetting what he had already done is still one of the ways that his people limit him today, especially when things seem to be getting tough as they are today. Don't ever stop rehearsing past victories. That's what this is talking about. Don't forget the hand of God. Now, in addition to what the Lord said to me about the hand of God, and as I said last night, he went on to say, and tell them that they have entered into a time of divine acceleration. He also said for me to tell you this, and since it's my last service, I need to tell you. Amen. Tell them that I'm in the process of turning some things around for them. Amen. I'm in the process of turning some things around for them. I want you to lift your hands and go ahead and thank God in advance for that. How many of you in here need some things turned around. Amen. God is in the process. I like to say it this way. While you're sitting in here, listening to me right now, and hopefully hanging on to every word coming out of my mouth, God is working behind the scenes right now. In fact, some of you, by the time you get home, you will find out some things have been reversed. Some things have been turned around. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, I receive that. that. Amen. So God is in the process of turning some things around. Now, is God capable of doing that? Well, let's, let's take a look at some scripture and verify it. Deuteronomy chapter 30, one through three. It says that the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee. Now the new English translation says, he will, he will reverse your captivity. He will reverse your captivity. Now in the book of Esther, chapter eight, verses four through five, it says, so Esther arose and stood before the king and said, If it please the king, and if I have found favor in their sight, and if it seem right, and it be pleasing in your eyes, 
let it be written to reverse the letters devised by Haman, which he wrote to destroy the Jews, which were in all the king's province. Amen. Notice what she's asking the king to do. If I have found favor in your sight, and if it pleases you, I'm asking you to reverse the decree that was given by Haman. Haman wanted the Jews killed, and he plotted to bring this to pass. But God also had plans to save them. Amen. And what did God do? He gave Esther favor with the king, and he promised to give her almost anything that she wanted. She asked the king to spare the Jews, and her desire was granted. God turned it all around, and listen to this. Haman got the punishment that he wanted Mordecai to experience. That co that's called a reversal. A reversal. God is capable of reversing things. Could you be limiting God? What if you're preventing God from doing bigger and greater things in your life? Today's special offer, the Don't Limit God package, contains Jerry Savelle's best-selling book, Called to Battle, Destined to Win, and his powerful two-part audio series, Don't Limit God. It's time to expand your thinking and reject small ideas. It's God's idea for you to prosper, and He is able to pour out His extraordinary abundance and provision. He loves to turn around impossible situations. In this package, Jerry teaches how to get into agreement with God, how to see from God's perspective, how to win every fight, and how to receive a miracle. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Don't Limit God special package. Refuse to think small any longer. Order now and learn how to align your life to God's plan and receive all He has for you. Thank you so very much for joining me today. And I want to encourage you to join me as often as you possibly can because we have been instructed by the Lord to help build up your faith, help encourage you, help cause you to become the winner in life that God wants you to be. We're going to continue talking about, over the next few weeks, this subject, Don't Limit God. I want to encourage you to be in faith. Don't ever stop trusting God. Don't ever stop believing God. And don't ever give up on His Word. Don't limit Him because God has big plans for your life and they do not include failure and defeat. So one of the ways that we've learned today on how that we limit God is through our small thinking, through our negative talking, and forgetting about the power of His hand forgetting that God is capable of doing what men say is impossible. Don't ever forget that and don't ever give up on him. Amen. So I want to encourage you just stay in faith and God is going to see you through no matter what you're going through. Victory is possible and failure and defeat is not inevitable. Amen. So let me remind you of our special offer, two CDs entitled Don't Limit God. These are very powerful, and even though we've talked about some of this information, this covers so much more, and I know it'll be a blessing and an inspiration to your life. So don't forget that. Two CDs entitled, Don't Limit God. Then my book entitled, Called to Battle, Destined to Win. I wrote this a few years ago, and people have enjoyed it all over the world. We are called to battle. This is not uh, something that 
We just, you know, tiptoe through the tulips, so to speak. We do have a fight. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith, but it's a battle that you can win. Called to battle, destined to win. The Don't Limit God series. So if you'd like to have this in your home, the ordering information is on your screen, or you can go to jerrysavelle.org and all that information will be repeated. Join me again next time. And until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world. 